When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Well, TGQAF, all of you, and got its question and answer Friday. Should that be TGIQAF? Ooh, Tickwaff. <laughs> it's Tickwaff. I love Q&A Friday because we get some really interesting questions. Okay, we get some really bad ones too, but I'm not going to criticize anybody specifically, but we get some pretty good ones that help us nicely illustrate so many of the problems inherent in the financial services industry. Oh, by the way, welcome to the Talking Real Money Friday podcast. I am Don McDonald. I'm so glad you were uh, able to listen, that you found the podcast and you listened to it. And I hope you'll keep doing that. And I hope you call us with the questions too, because we answer questions here on Q&A Friday. We also answer questions on our live show on Saturdays, which airs from noon to two Pacific time, three to five Eastern. And you can listen to the live feed of that at TalkingRealMoney.com, a lot of other places too. And you can call us with your questions during that show at 855-935-TALK. That number is also good though, to call in questions to this edition of the podcast because we record them and then use them. And there's another way to do it, too. You just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com, go to the contact form, and you can record a question like this. Hey, fellas. Uh, at my previous job, I had a 401k, and they were using the power to um, manage the account. Uh, I have a new job now and started up a 401k with them, and they're also using Empower. So I have uh, both accounts in the same uh, Empower dashboard. And uh, I heard on a previous podcast that maybe uh, having a 401k that's um, not being used anymore is uh, inefficient as far as uh, fees go. So I'm wondering if it makes sense for me to roll over that second or that primary um, account into, say, like a Fidelity rollover IRA. Um, and if so, what are the benefits? Is it just slightly less fees or significantly less fees? And um, are there any other implications I should be concerned about? Uh, thanks for your time. Bye. We think moving all of your retirement assets into one place, or in this case, two places, is probably a pretty darn good idea. I, uh, If you had a great 401k with your current employer, then I'd have no beef whatsoever with combining those 401ks. However, Empower has some pretty expensive products. They really do. There's, there's, there's all kinds of controversy about what Empower charges. And uh, they also kick back a portion of their, or the mutual funds, I should say, kick back a portion of their fees to Empower as the 12B1 fees and others. So there's a lot of um, financial misdirection going on. 
And I got to say, as big a fan as I am of the Denver Broncos, the fact that any company, it worries me when a company can afford to, that, that is supposed to keep fees low for their customers to act in their best interest, can afford to put their name on a sports stadium. It's kind of like that crypto company that we're going to talk a little bit about on the Saturday show. If you if you have that kind of money laying around, well, why don't you just reduce your costs? I know, because it's all about building your business to make more money, but I think Empower's fees are a little high. I would absolutely move it to Fidelity into a self-directed IRA there and, uh, and pick some great, broadly diversified index funds. You can check those out at TalkingRealMoney.com. Is there any downside? No, no, none. Any upside? Yeah, much lower fees, potentially. Much lower fees. Remember that number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. You call your questions in there, we record them, and then I put them in the program like this. Hi, this is Jake in Minnesota, and I have two questions for you today. The first one is about a pension that I have. I'm a teacher in Minnesota, and I've been teaching for 25 years. I don't plan to retire for another 15, and... So it's the Minnesota Teachers Retirement Association. And I'm wondering how you factor that pension into your retirement calculations. For example, if I retired at 65, I would get a pension of about $6,700 a month. My second question is about Thrivent Financial. I have a Roth IRA that I opened with them about three years ago, and I didn't know much about low-cost index mutual funds at the time. And so I'm wondering about how complicated it is to move my money out of Thrivent and if I should do that because I am in actively managed funds there, like their moderately aggressive allocation fund. would really appreciate your input on this, and I appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. How do you calculate your pension into your retirement plan? Well, I believe there's a better way to do it. Most people try to classify pension as an asset. They're going to say, well, this is part of my my safe money. I don't know that that's the right way to do it. I think that you make it part of your plan, but it is always on the income side of the ledger. This is a way to allow you to actually be more aggressive in your investments, not because we consider it to be a fixed um, fixed income asset, but because it reduces your need for income. We're big believers in determining how much additional income you need in retirement and then investing for that need. And uh, so you, if, you, if you need it a lot, then you could be more aggressive in your portfolio. If the 6,700 plus Social Security did it for you, then you can be much more conservative in your investment portfolio, sleep better at night, not have the wild swing scaring the living daylights out of you unless you're somebody with an iron stomach. You can just take volatility. It doesn't bother you. So put it on the on the income side of the ledger. Say, what do I need per month to live in retirement comfortably? And then add 20% to that and then subtract that 6,700 and subtract Social Security then figure out what portfolio it takes to generate four or five percent income for anything additional you need, and that's the that's the size of security portfolio you need. 
Oh, Thrivent, the formerly known as the Lutheran Brotherhood. And you said you're in the Thrivent Moderately Aggressive Allocation Fund. Well, I don't know if you've looked, but that is just a bad news fund. One, you paid some sort of a commission to get into it, 4.5%, I believe. Then, to add insult to injury, your annual expense ratio is almost 1.1% per year. That's just to own the fund. You don't even get any advice for that 1.1% per year. You could have a personal investment advisor for that and get ongoing advice. In this case, you just get a mutual fund for that. And you just get a really, really average to below average mutual fund. Nothing good about it, particularly for the price. And here's the thing, moderately aggressive. So it's large blue chip growth stocks with a little bit of fixed income thrown in for stability. Well, let's compare that to a fund that is of a similar makeup, the Vanguard Target Retirement Fund, large cap, little bit bluer chip, but that's only because it's an index. They're not trying to skew it to the more aggressive stocks. They uh, they charge, <laughs> the Vanguard Target Retirement Fund charges 0.08%. Now let's go back to the Thriving Fund again. It charges 1.09%. So the Vanguard Fund is 1.01% cheaper per year. And how have they performed against one another? Again, similar similar levels of risk, not exactly the same. The Vanguard is should be a lot more stable um, because it's not stretching for the for the uh, the more dangerous stocks. So it's it's a much bluer chip fund. Their performance is almost identical, and the Vanguard fund is far more conservative. Vanguard fifteen year return six percent per year. Thrivent, 15-year return, 5.42. 10-year return, 7.76. And the Vanguard target date, 8.59. So you're getting a more conservative portfolio. You're owning thousands more stocks. I mean, I didn't even look how many stocks are in the Thrivent thing. It's like 13,000 in Vanguard's. Uh, Thrivent has a whopping, well, 791. There you have it. Yeah, get moved. Go somewhere else. Go to Discount Broker. Go to Vanguard or Fidelity or whomever. Get a broadly diversified fund. You could get just VT or whatever. But my gosh, Thrivent overcharges like most brokerage firms or sales-oriented organizations. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. He called on 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And you can always send in your questions at TalkingRealMoney.com. And here's another one of those. They sound really good. Hi, Tom and Don. A longtime listener here, but I have a dumb question. You talk constantly about how you don't have enough people watching your live video broadcast on Saturdays. And I have tried and tried for the life of me. I can't find it. You don't give any instructions on where to go to find it. I've been on TalkingRealMoney.com. Can't find it there. 
went all over YouTube, including your homepage, which I'm subscribed to, can't find it there either. Can you please direct the audience where we can see your live video cast if you're still doing them? Thank you so much. Love what you do. There seems to be a bit of a misunderstanding. We do a live show on the radio on Saturdays, but we don't do a live video at all. I don't think we've ever done a live video. Live videos scare me. Live radios don't scare me as much, but for some reason, live videos scare me. Uh, One of the reasons is Tom and I talk a lot during the breaks, and there's some of that that we we probably don't want people to listen to uh, because we're friends. We've been friends for a lot of of years. So, you know, we have friend conversations during the breaks, and we know the difference between being on the air and being in a break. So uh, I don't see us doing a live video. I don't, I hate to say never, but I, I, I don't see why the live audio is fine, but you can listen to the live audio show. You can either listen to it. If you're in the Seattle Metro area on AM 1000, 97, FM, or you can go to talkingrealmoney.com, scroll down the page and you'll see a player for that radio station in Seattle And you can listen to the show live on Saturdays, but it's a radio show. It is not a video show. Uh, We were talking about people not watching the videos. Yeah, because, well, we have, oh my gosh, um, unique listeners to our podcast. We probably have 35,000 unique podcast listeners and for the videos, we're lucky if there are 200, 300. Big difference. Let's see. I think the next one comes in from TalkingRealMoney.com, too, and then we'll get to a couple more phone calls. Hey, Tom and Don. Uh, big fan of the show. have a question about the backdoor Roth IRA. Um, my income is high enough where I cannot contribute directly into a Roth IRA. And so I contributed the maximum $6,000 this year into my non-deductible traditional IRA and then rolled that money um, or converted that money over into my Roth IRA. Uh, in the process of doing that, um, there was about a week's period of time where the $6,000 sat in the money market account um, within the traditional IRA due to um, some delays with my bank. Um, And so unfortunately this month I just received a dividend for $4.37 that's now sitting in the traditional uh, IRA. So I'm just wondering what do I do with that $4.37? Would appreciate your thoughts. Thanks for the show. $4.37, $4.37, huh? <laughs> well, it's not certainly not worth keeping that traditional IRA open for that. Um, I, I, I Here's one way to do it. I don't know if your current Roth custodian will just go get that money and bring it over or if you can get your traditional IRA custodian to move it over to your rollover but or to your transfer, your, your Roth IRA. But there's one other way to do it. You can just have them send you a check 
for $4.37. And then you can mail that check to your new Roth IRA. And as long as you do that within 60 days, you're fine. There will be no taxable event. But $4.37, huh? Well, hey, at least you made some money. That's a good thing. Our number again, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And by the way, I really appreciate all the great comments you guys make about the show. Um, if you really do like what you hear, it would help a lot if you would go to Apple Podcasts. That's the place. Get an Apple account for a minute. They're free. And then leave a review at Apple Podcasts a five-star review if you like us, to counteract some of those grumpy people who think we should be serious all the time. No, we're pretty serious on the Friday show because it's Q&A. But we do love reading your reviews, though. So go to Apple Podcasts, or you can rate us at Spotify. Let's take another call, shall we? Hey, Don and Tom. I have two questions for you. Appreciate the show, by the way, and all you guys do. So one question is about index funds. So let's say someone like Jeff Bezos decided to put all of his fortune into buying the total stock market index fund through Vanguard. And let's say somebody, you know, spent billions of dollars to buy these shares. What happens in that situation? Aren't there only a, a limited amount of shares of each stock for each company available? And what happens when those shares get um, all taken up and someone wants to buy into an index fund. I just think there's something I'm missing. I'm not quite understanding how that works. So if you could answer that, that would be great. My second question or point is about the 4% rule. I've thought about this rule and it seems to be mainly designed to avoid the one or 2% disaster that could happen during certain market conditions. So it seems like a rule that would greatly favor financial advisors because it means that people would spend down less of their money and the financial advisor would be to manage more of it throughout their life instead of really thinking about more, a more realistic scenario where someone could spend more of their money and enjoy life more. So that's just one of those, I see it as a potential conflict of interest of pushing the 4% rule when really it's kind of rare that the 4% rule would really be needed. It probably could be a lot higher than that. So just a couple of points. Thank you for all you guys do. Bye-bye. You pose some interesting questions. Wow. It's time for the deep thinking portion of the program, ladies and gentlemen. First, what if Jeff Bezos decided to invest his entire fortune into the total stock market, using a total stock market index, let's say? Well, it would overwhelm Vanguard's, Vanguard's total stock market index because... He's worth $109 billion and it's about, I don't know, 30-some-odd billion. Well, I should look. It is, I had it, oh, $24 billion. So, yeah. Uh, but the, the fact is, his purchase would probably have more of a psychological effect on the market than an actual impact. That's because the total stock market, U.S. and international, is unimaginably big. The numbers are, un, they're incomprehensible. They really are. The total global stock market is worth $92 trillion. That means that Jeff Bezos buying into that 
would only be buying one one-thousandth of one percent, a little over one one-thousandth of one percent of the total value of the market. It would cause a ripple, teeny ripple, but it wouldn't cause a tsunami. wouldn't even cause a discernible wave. So we can put that one to rest. 4% rule. Actually, there have been a ton of studies done that look at the worst case scenarios for the market. And in the past, the 4% rule held up really, really well, even in the worst imaginable case uh, of the stock market based on historic trends. That actually has been put to the test recently because of the lower returns that we've seen over several years, particularly when it comes to bonds and their yields. We aren't big advocates of the 4% rule. It's just become a rule of thumb. I think you're maybe a little overly suspicious of the industry. I don't think there's any conspiracy to promote the 4% rule to keep more assets in the hands of advisors. I think most good advisors are looking more toward avoiding conflict with their clients by taking too much out of their portfolio in a time when prices are falling and having that client panic. That's a much more likely scenario uh, in terms of hurting their revenue than having a little bit taken out if somebody takes out 5 or 6%. We are advocates of the flexible approach, which means you can take more. If you're flexible, you can take more. We use a 5% as a reasonably safe figure, and we've run a lot of stim, uh, not stimulations. We're stimulated enough. We've run a lot of simulations of that, and uh, it is nigh unto impossible to run out of money. All you have to be is flexible. You have a million dollars this year. You take out $50,000 for the next year. You've got $900,000. At the end of the next year, well, that means next year's living expenses are $45,000. You've got to find a $5,000 budget cut a year for the year. And it has held up really, really well. You know, there have been brief periods where people have had to take a hit in their income. But overall, incomes rise more than under the 4% rule, and people die with more money under the uh, flexible rule at 5%. Thank you for your great questions, and I think we're going to do one more, and we'll see if we can match the depth of that one. Hey, my name is Dimple, and I have one question that I have a lot of money on 403 retirement plans, but everything is down 20% right now, so I'm kind of worried about that. <clears throat> do you think is it is good time to... Uh, move all to the uh, index immunity or if I want to do just the new uh, index immunity, then how I can, where I go and start uh, for my retirement. Can you give me more information about the index immunity? Thank you. After the market has already fallen is the worst time to make any kind of a change, to move into what you perceive to be a more conservative portfolio. Now, without knowing a lot more about you, it's very, very difficult to tell you what is the right allocation for you, 
what you should be in and for how long. But I can tell you that an indexed annuity may be one of the worst things you could possibly do with this money. You will be making an insurance agent very happy and very wealthy by doing it because they can collect a commission of up to about 10%. And you're going to have a long surrender period on this thing. Plus, you know, your potential earnings are far below the stock market. They exaggerate to the point of prevaricating, outright prevaricating. You do not get the returns of the stock market with no risk. That is a lie. That is a lie. You get a portion of the return of the stock market when the market goes up, a portion. And it is not generally a very big portion because they've worked it out in their favor. And you don't lose when the market goes down. But the good news is the markets, the investment markets have tended and need to tend to go up more than they go down. If they go down more than they go up, then you won't care where your 403B is invested. You'll care more about where your next meal is going to come from because it means the economy will have collapsed completely. So I would not mess with anything. I would certainly um, talk with your employer, if you, I assume you're still participating, and get a list of all of the approved investment options and avoid anything that has an insurance company name and you might even want to get a little bit of outside help or call us live on our show on Saturdays at 855-935-TALK. And by the way, one thing you can all do, if you need a little bit of help, it is available. We lamented, I love that word, lamented. We lamented the fact that you, you regular people who don't have uh, half a million dollars to invest with an advisor, a good advisor, you get stuck working with somebody who sells you a high commission mutual fund and then they go on to the next client. You don't get anybody giving you advice. In this woman's case, she's got an insurance agent advising her. That's not advice. That's a sales pitch. So Tom and I really, truly struggled with this. We went, what can be done to help people get some advice? And we decided that doing that at our firm, which now is Appella Wealth, would be a good thing for you. And we also found out it was a really good thing for us. You see, it's not just altruistic. It is partially altruistic. But we also discovered that when you treat people well, they have friends who have bigger accounts and need a lot of help. And so they refer them to us because we treated them well in these meetings that we do for anybody, anytime, absolutely free. No, we will not manage all your money for the rest of your life for you. No, but we will give you some advice. As a matter of fact, we will we would look at your 403B, ma'am, and help you figure out how to do that. All you have to do is go to TalkingRealMoney.com and click on the button, Meet with an Advisor. Or just call Appella at 800-386-3004. You can even call that number and say, Hey, I want to talk to Tom. I want to meet with Tom. He will, if he's able, meet with you or direct you to somebody who's really good, and you won't get a sales pitch. No high-pressure sales pitch, no cost, nothing. It just works for you and us. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. I love Q&A Day. You can call us with your questions anytime at 855-935-TALK, but you can call us live on Saturdays from 3 to 5 Eastern every Saturday, 
Even if you can't hear us, you can call us at 855-935-8255. Remember that the first hour is always a good time to call. Generally, that first hour, that three to four hour, we don't have very many calls. They all come in in the second hour. So call early and we can spend some time actually communicating. Tell your friends, family, neighbors, particularly this holiday season, you know that money will come up in discussions. Say, if you're looking for some help, guess what? Tom and Don actually do that, and it's honest. It may not be what you want to hear, but it's honest. All right, thanks for being there. I'm Don McDonald, and my job is to sit around this little room that I call my studio talking real money. You realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. As you keep the lawyers happy.